Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So some of the giants in Gath are 13, 14 feet tall. Goliath is only 9'9". Nine, nine. <laughs> only 9'9". Nine, nine. So Goliath is a small giant. If there's tell us such a small giant, right? And you got to wonder, I got to wonder what his voice was like. You know what I mean? When he comes out there, he thuds. Boom, boom, boom. Because he's so big when he walks. And you got to wonder what his voice, his voice was probably deep and heavy. I don't think his voice was like Michael Jackson. <laughs> he didn't come out, bring me your soldiers. <laughs> he didn't do, I don't think it sounded like that. Somebody say you're right about it, Pastor. I don't think so either. My sanctified imagination, I don't think that. I think he came out, he had this big, huge, confident voice that echoed. His voice was probably intimidating. And 2 Samuel, watch this, tells us that he had four brothers. Imagine feeding those boys. Imagine those boys in their terrible twos. Imagine that. Well, in 8 through 10, chapter 17, 8 through 10, Goliath said, just go ahead and look at there, look, peruse with me. Goliath said, let's settle this in a civil manner. We can fight. If I kill your warrior, you'll be our servants. If we fight and you kill me, then we'll be your servants. Fair enough. Look at verse 11. It tells us when Saul and all of Israel heard this, they were afraid. And then in verses 12 through 24, we won't take time to read it. We meet the real, what I like to say, the real giant in the story. That's David. Jesse, David's father, had eight sons. He was advanced in years. I like that. Advanced in years. That's a nice way to say he was old. I like that term. We should be politically correct like that. You know what I mean? You're not old. You're advanced in years. It sounds nicer. Look at verse 13. Three oldest sons, Eliab, Abinadad, and Shammah. These boys had gone to follow Saul. David was in the field. Notice that. I I note that this morning. They had gone to follow Saul. That's a very telling statement. The boys followed Saul. David, the youngest, was following the Lord. Well, after David anointed the king, was anointed king, he went back to keeping the sheep and playing his guitar for Saul as a part-time job. And I find it interesting. He didn't say, I'm the king now. I don't do sheep anymore. He didn't say that. Keeping sheep, watch this, was David's seminary. I'm going to let that rest. 
keeping sheep. Stinky, smelly, dirty, dumb sheep was David's seminary. That's where David learned God. That's where David pondered God. That's where David fellowship with, are y'all listening to me? That's where David fellowship with God and came into this great knowledge of God. That's where David would sit out and, and, and under the stars and in, in Psalm 19 verses 1 through 3, 4, Psalm 19 says, he'd write, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech. Y'all come on, read this with me. And night unto night they reveal knowledge. There's no speech, nor language. Where their voice is not heard. Their line, come on, read this with me. Their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them, he has set a tabernacle for us. David said that as he would sit out and fellowship with God out in the field. David heard the voice of the Lord in the morning out in the field. David heard the voice of the Lord. When he laid down, it was out with the sheep that David wrote all of these psalms that we read today. It was out in the field that David got a vertical relationship with God. Y'all ain't listening to me. Then he got a vertical relationship with God. It was out in the field alone where David developed a heart for the living God. If you're going to have a heart for God, somebody listen to me. If you're going to have a heart for God, you're going to have to spend time with God. Now, maybe not out in the field. Maybe so. Maybe out on your back porch. Maybe in your living room, in your quiet space, maybe in your car before you walk in the, the building in the morning. Y'all know when I used to work on Camp Pendleton? I used to go to work in the morning. I had to be there at 730. I'd get there. I'd get there early 7 o'clock. And I sit in my car from 7 to 7.29 because I had to be in there by 7.30. Took me about a minute to run in the door. And I read my Bible. And I will fellowship with God. You cannot listen to me. You cannot, sir, ma'am, you cannot have a relationship with God if you don't spend time with him. That's called fellowship. That's called communion. David had communion with the Lord. Read the Psalms. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, David would say, and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me to the way of everlasting. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I was glad, David said, when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all you peoples. Are you following me? That was a relationship. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted unto you. After I spend time with God, then I'll go do that. All of that. And that's just a smidgen. I like that word smidgen. Of the Psalms where David developed this fellowship and relationship with the Lord out in the field. Well, look at verse, uh, look at verse uh, 17, 17 through 20. Got to get to it. Then Jesse, look at verse 17. You look at it? Say, I'm looking at it. Then Jesse said to his son, David, take now for your brothers an ephah of 
this dried grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these 10 cheeses to the captain of their house, uh, to the captain of their thousands and see how your brothers are doing. See how they fare and bring back news to me. And so Saul in verse 19 and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley where saints of Elah fighting with the Philistines. And so David arose early in the morning. He left the sheep with the sheep keeper and took the things and went as Jesse, his dad, had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. So, so stop right here. You taking notes? In, in verses 17 through, through 20, what we have here is the providential hand of God. We have the providential hand of God. We see the hand of God moving things God's way. What you mean, Pastor? Well, Jesse said, we just read it. David, I need to be sure my boys stay in good with the officers. So, David, I want you to take 10. You know, Dad's something else. Jesse's something else, isn't he? Jesse said, I want my boys to stay in good with the officers. So, so, so David, I want you to take 10 cheeses, organic, whole wheat bread from Whole Foods. And give it to your brothers and the captain of the army. Check on your brothers and see how they're doing and come back and let me know in verse 18. And David rose up early in the morning. He left the sheep with the sheep keeper and he went and he did what his dad told him to do. Now look at verses 22 and 23 uh, through 25. David is there. And, and, And at the exact moment, did you get that? Greeting his brothers, all of a sudden David hears crunch, crunch, thud, thud as David hears Goliath is walking onto the battlefield. And look at verse 24. David turns around, looks up, and the other guy says, I'm out. Peace. And they run away. And then in verse 25, they tell David the king has offered, they tell David the king has offered an incentive package. Look at verse 25 right through there. To anybody who kills Goliath, I'm going to give him money and my daughter, also a tax-exempt status to the household. Somebody say amen. That ain't so bad. You can get a wife, too. In verse 26, David is shocked that the motivation for killing the man who is mocking the God of Israel is a tax-exempt status. And in verse 26, I love it. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? Or who is this one who is outside of the covenant? Or who is this one that opposes all that God stands for? Who is this trespasser? And then saints, chapter 17, look at verse 40. Chapter 17, verse 40. Then he, David, took his staff in verse 40. You're looking at it. Took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in the shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistines. And so the Philistines came and they began drawing near to David, the Philistine and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, 
Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to the Philistine, you come to me. Y'all looking at verse 45. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. Watch it. Look at his faith. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and I'm going to take your head off. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistine to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And here's why. Are you looking at it? That all the earth, come on, read it with me. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a sword and a spear. For the battle, where y'all at, saints, is the Lord's and he. God will give you into my hands. And so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And then David put his hand in his bag. Look at this split second drama. He put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead. And so that the stone sank into his forehead And he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling and a stone. Somebody say amen. Amen. And struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword. He took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they took off. Let me have your attention. In ancient Israel, weapons were sticks, javelins, shields, helmets, swords, and rocks. You know, we've come a long way, haven't we? In our military, our weapons are sophisticated weapons. We have bunker busters. We have smart bombs. We have Kevlar bulletproof vest, night vision goggles. You you guys ever seen night vision? You ever put your eyes through some night vision goggles? It's so awesome. Like you could, when I was in the military with the Marine Corps, we'd be out in the field at night and it is pitch black, pitch black. And you put those night vision goggles on, you see everything just like it's day. And then you take them off, everything is pitch black. It is the coolest thing ever. So we've come a long way. Those are our weapons. But David, did you get this? He has five smooth stones. David chose a weapon he knew how to use. And I get the impression that David is choosing the stones, walking and singing. He probably thinks, oh, that one looks good. Probably wrote a song. That one looks good. He takes one. Second Samuel 21, 22 tells us that Goliath had four brothers. David's thinking, Goliath's got brothers, so I better get extra stones, because if they come out and they want some, they could get some too. (laughs) Are you following me? Verse 43 in your Bibles, Goliath said, David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks and stones to break my bones? And he cursed David. Verse 44, Goliath said to David, fee, fi, fo, fum. Just kidding. 
God said to David, look at it. Come to me, you come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Verse 45, David said, you come to me with a sword, a spear, a javelin. I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, who you defy. David said, this day the Lord's going to deliver you into my hands. David said, look at verse 46, look at verse 46. David said, I'm going to take your big head off and give it to the carcasses. Your head is so big, they'll be eaten for weeks. Look at verse 46, and here's why. I love this. I love it. Here's why he's doing it. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all in verse 47, that all the people will know the Lord does not save with a sword or a spear, for the battle is the Lord. Note the drama here. David, verse 48 He takes off running toward Goliath. Goliath is running toward David. Goliath is thinking, this kid is crazy. He can't wait for me to kill him. While David is running, you you get that drama? Don't you love the Bible? David's running. He He puts a stone in a sling. He swung it around. God guided the stone like a guided missile right into the forehead of Goliath. And he fell to his knees and then on his face. Why? Because the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is what? Lord, you know that verse 50, David won the battle with a stone and a sling. Why did David win the battle? David won the battle because the battle is the Lord's. Am I right about it? Amen, baby. The battle is the Lord's. And I believe, you know, I'm thinking about this. And I thought to myself, I really believe that if David would have swung the sling and the stone in the air and the stone just went right up in the air, that God would have taken the stone and guided it right to Goliath's forehead. I really believe that. I believe if David was just running and he threw it backward, he running like this and he goes... And then the stone went around the world and came back. Well, y'all, y'all don't have no faith, do you? God would, why? Because the bat, come on, the battle is the Lord's. That's why the battle was already won. Say amen. Verse 51 tells us that David cut off Goliath's head. At this point, David has removed any question as to whether Goliath is going to get up again. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they took off running. Verse 54, go ahead and look at there. David took the head of Goliath and he brought it to Jerusalem. Now, question. Let me ask you a question. At what point did Goliath die? At what point? When did David kill him? You might say when the stone went into the forehead. You might say... When David cut off his head, I would say no to both of them. That's not when he killed him. That's not when the battle was won. The battle was won. David killed Goliath. Look at verse 40. David killed Goliath. I want you to notice the Bible tells us the last few words of verse 40. And he drew near to the Philistine. Goliath was a dead man. When David took the first step, y'all ain't follow me, are you? 
when they, come on, I'm going to wait till you clap your hands. We're going to do it, do it right. When he took the first step, the rest is history because the battle was the Lord's. David was the instrument that the Lord used. Now watch this. David is a great picture of Jesus. David was the anointed one. Jesus was the anointed one. David was the sent one. David was sent by his father. Jesus was sent by his heavenly father. David was a scorned one. He was treated with scorn and ridiculed by his brothers. Jesus, don't you know? He came to his own and his own did not receive him. David was the saving one. David defeated Goliath and all of Israel was victorious. Jesus died on the cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, rose again the third day and defeated Satan, giving us the victory. David is a type of or a picture of Jesus. And let me in our remaining time, Get your pen, get your pen, get your pad. You at home, get your pen, get your pad. I'm going to give you five lessons to take away from chapter 17. Five lessons or five takeaways from chapter 17. Number one, number one. You ready? Number one. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Facing giants is intimidating. Yes, it is. Giants, by definition, Anything enormous, threatening, or intimidating, that's the definition. A giant is any situation in your path blocking you from God. Anything that detracts or detours or, or drains our focus or passion from God. A job can be a giant. A boyfriend or a girlfriend that God doesn't want you to have can be a giant. Anything can be a giant. Hey, let's though those are outward giants. Let's talk about inward giants. What about the inward giants? Uh, things like doubt, unbelief, uh, fear, uh, 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 greed, jealousy, critical spirit, discouragement, abandonment, abuse, addiction. A giant can be anything in your life that's causing you to fear and to cower and be intimidated. Anything that causes you to run and hide is a giant, can be a giant. So giants, number one, are intimidating. Here's number two. Number two, David, watch this. He needed Goliath, and we need our Goliaths. Y'all follow me? We need our Goliath. Why? Because I've said this many times, the Christian life is a battleground, not a playground. And real soldiers, listen to me, real talk. Real soldiers grow up on the battlefield. There's nothing like war that will turn a boy to a man. Nothing like spiritual warfare that will turn a weak Christian into a strong Christian. Turn a weak Christian into a mature Christian. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Turn a weak Christian into a mature Christian. Let me tell you something. The best times for you to grow is when you're going through something. Don't get me wrong. It ain't fun. Nobody likes trials. Huh? And if you like trials, something's very wrong with you. Okay, nobody likes to go through stuff, and, and nobody likes to suffer. Jesus said, and the Word says that all who live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. Nobody wants to go through anything, and it's never fun. But I'll tell you what, it always yields fruit. 
and you always grow up. None like spiritual warfare to grow you up and strengthen you as a as a Christian and make you mature. And I'll tell you something. You'll never grow until you dare to face that Goliath. I'm talking to somebody. Write that down. You will never grow until you dare to face that Goliath. I'll tell you something else. Goliath never leaves on his own. Amen, baby. Goliath never leave on his own. You know, the Bible tells us, it's actually right about verse 16, and the Bible tells us that Goliath came back mocking, in verse 16, Goliath came back mocking twice a day, every day, for 40 days. Now, you want to do a great study? Do a study on the number 40 throughout the scriptures. That's very interesting. You can create a whole Bible study on the number 40. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.